This morning we're going to be looking at archers and arrows. Now, I recognize somebody might say, what's that all about? But if you listen to the scripture reading, you know that has to do with, yes, a father and his children. And so we say, Happy Father's Day. The children are like the arrows, as we saw in Psalm 127. Now, we've already had that read, but I'm going to read it again because I want you to see this connection. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. See, that's the connection of the arrows and the archer. And then he says, Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, carrying again this arrows and archer kind of idea. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So now let's look at some things about arrows and archers. First of all, arrows are to be sharp. Now, I don't know if you've ever found an arrowhead that is an Indian arrowhead, but I'm sure that all of you have seen one. I've found one in my lifetime, and it when I was a little boy, and I was helping my grandmother in the garden on her farm. I kept that for many years, and as I was preparing for this lesson, I went back and looked in one of two places that maybe it would be. Alas, I guess I lost my own arrowhead. But one thing that I was impressed with it is seriously, even, and who knows when it was fashioned, but all of these years later, I could rub my hand and I could feel the sharpness of the edges of that arrowhead. And truly, they were honed to a fine edge to be sharp. Of course, often they would be used in hunting. In Alabama, maybe it was deer hunting. And certainly that arrow had to be sharp to pierce the hide of that deer. And no doubt, maybe we've seen the Westerns and, and, or, or read about the Indians on the horses as they would kill a buffalo. And once again, we would recognize that arrow, oh, it had to be sharp to pierce the hide of that buffalo. Nowadays, if you are going to hunt with a balk arrowhead, usually there's a screw-in tip, but it's razor sharp. And the very tip, the pointed tip, could pierce your skin fairly easily. Yes, the arrows are sharp. Well, remember now, the arrows in this idea of, of the archer and the arrow, the father and the sons, the arrows, well, they're the, they're the children. And so we want to say here, the arrow must be sharp. And children, they can be sharpened through instruction. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. In Proverbs 22 and verse 6, there you retrain up a child in the way he should go. And as you look in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, 
And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall, look at this, teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You know, as you look at this, it's kind of clear the teaching is to be diligent. It's with effort. And then if we say, well, when are we to teach? Well, he talks about, well, when you're sitting, when you're walking by the way, when you're lying down, when you're rising up. You might say it sounds like you're to be teaching at all times. Literally, all times teaching. So whether we went back to the Israelites and what God's plan was for His people as we find in Deuteronomy, or we go all the way over to Ephesians chapter 6 and we see what God's plan is for Christians, it is, yes, fathers, you sharpen your children by teaching and instruction. I would suggest to you that if this happens, the fathers must be intentional. In fact, I'm afraid far too often us, us fathers have not been as diligent in teaching our children as we ought to be. And I just say this, it's not going to happen unless it's intentional. You plan for it. You know, the day's busy. You've got the time at work. You've got the time in preparation and the commute to work, the commute home. And quite often there's both mom and dad working, which means everything then when everyone gets home is kind of really busy. In fact, dads are probably helping in the home. And frankly, they ought to if, they're, if mama's helping outside the home. And so, yes, busy. And you know, we sometimes do like a little time to relax. And so it could seem that by the time we say good night, have we taken time to teach and instruct? I would suggest to you if we're not intentional, we don't if we don't plan on it, it won't happen. And further, we also must be prepared. You know, if if I'm by the way, if I'm the dad and if I teach my children, I've got to have not only planned, been intentional, but I've got to prepare my own mind, my own heart, so I know what I'm going to say, what Bible story I will teach or tell, or what particular portion that we will try to discuss to get the meaning of. Intentional and preparation. Dads, the teaching will not happen unless we are intentional and prepared. Next, we would see that children are sharpened through proper discipline. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18, Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Proverbs 22, verse 15, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. And in Proverbs 29, verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, 
but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now here's three passages that do speak of discipline and training. By the way, a primary meaning of the word discipline is training. Yet there is kind of the negative aspect of discipline that has to do with punishment. If someone says, Steve Housley, did you mean to say that you believe in spanking? Yes, I do. But I would also caution, there is a difference between proper discipline, even punishment, and abuse. I was spanked as a child, but I want to tell you something. I never had welts as a result of that spanking. I never had bruises the next day because of that spanking. I never had a teacher inquire about, well, where did these marks on you come from? Because of that spanking. There's a difference, absolutely a difference, between proper discipline, even punishment, even corporal punishment, and abuse. Does abuse happen in Christian homes? Sadly, sometimes it does. I remember many years ago sitting with a family during another family member's surgery and joy hearing them talk about growing up and got to know them so much better. But when they talked about their mom and their dad and their whippings, I thought to myself, sounds like, and I thought to myself, it sounds like to me that mom and dad crossed the line. No place, no place for abuse. But I would also have to say this, the Bible's clear. There must be discipline. And the lack of discipline is going to result in chaos in that child's life. So there's to be that instruction. They're also sharpened, yes, by discipline. They're also sharpened by good companions. Now look at the opposite of this. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks, look at this, not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. He's blessed when these are the people he is not around. And I would suggest to you that, yes, children are sharpened by good companions. Many years ago, there, there was a young man, he was, well, we were both teenagers. He was about a year older, maybe two years older. Oh, he got into trouble. Kind of you name it, he got into the trouble. And I remarked to my dad, and I said, you know, did he just get in with the wrong crowd? And then my dad said, wisely, he said, son, he became the wrong crowd. And that's so true. If we don't have good companions, we become like those bad companions and then we then become the bad companion. So let's, as parents, choose good companions for our children. But a second thing, yes, 
the arrow's got to be made sharp, but also the bow must be drawn. And oh, by the way, it must be drawn as far back and as tight as you can draw that bow. You know, I had a bow and arrow as a child. It was not a compound bow. It was just a simple bow and arrow that, you know, a, a child might have when he's about 10, 12, 15. And, but you could shoot a, a regular size arrow and you could penetrate it. It could have been dangerous if you had the wrong target. One thing I noticed, if I pull that back just a little bit, that arrow didn't go too far. But if I pulled it as far back as I could, oh, it would go a ways and it could stick in whatever it hit. Well, I suggest to you as, as dads, we better be pulling it back as far as we can. In that, we need to be doing all that we can as dads, as Christian dads, to rear our children to become Christians. You, you know this. The devil's doing all he can. That's right. The devil's doing all we, he can. We as dads better be doing all we can. This is a sad poem. Daddy had a little boy. His soul was white as snow. He never went to Sunday school because Daddy wouldn't go. He never heard the Word of God that thrills the childish mind. While other children went to class, this child was left behind. As he grew from babe to youth, Dad saw to his dismay. A soul that once was snowy white became a dingy gray. Realizing the son was lost, Dad tried to win him back. But now the soul that once was white had turned an ugly black. Dad even started back to church and Bible study too. He begged the preacher, isn't there a thing that you can do? The preacher tried and failed and said, we're just too far behind. I tried to tell you years ago, but you would pay no mind. And so another soul is lost that once was white as snow. And Sunday school would have helped but Daddy wouldn't go. I beg of you, dads, pull that back as far as you can. Do all you can. Going to Sunday school, oh, that's, that's a start. In fact, that's a minimal start. Let's do all we can. Next, the aim must be true. Now, I want to tell you a little story about Matt Emmons. Now, he, he was an extraordinary marksman. Now, this was a rifle, not the bow and arrow, but I think the illustration's true, or stands true with our points today. He became a gold medalist in shooting. But in the 2004 Olympics in Athens... He was participating in the 50-meter three-position rifle event. That's when you shoot on your knees, you shoot prone, laid out, and then you shoot standing up. And going into the last of the shoots, he was positioned to win a gold medal. 
But he stood up and he took aim and he shot. He took all of his shots. And then as the judges looked at his shooting, he had missed the target every time. Not one bullet hit the target. And yet he was so good, he was could have won the gold medal. So they began to figure out, what happened? What happened? And then they saw that he had shot the target in the next lane. He had shot at the wrong target. Oh, he hit that one. But it was the wrong target. Like I said, he went on to win gold medals. But that year, he was awarded zero points for that last shot. Put out of the medals altogether. Oh, he was good. That year, he shot at the wrong target. What do you want for your children? What do you want for your children? I know that we stay on them sometimes, maybe about grades in school. Or maybe we stay on them about take out the garbage. Not tomorrow, now. Or maybe uh, clean your room now. I, I heard the story the other day about uh, the, the, the child who asked the parent, what's the password for the Wi-Fi? And the mom would say, clean your room now. child thought, okay. Went and cleaned the room. 30 minutes came back and said, Mom, I've cleaned the room. What's the password for the Wi-Fi? And she said, it's all lowercase, no spaces, clean your room now. Well, sometimes, you know, we have an emphasis and we try to teach some things, but ultimately, seriously, you can have the best of grades. You can get a good job. You can be a responsible adult. You can be a voting citizen. All your neighbors can say, he is a great neighbor. And he can... He can know how, how to enjoy himself and still miss heaven. We may have taught him all these good things, but we've aimed for the wrong target. The aim must be true. We've got to aim for the right target. And then the arrow must be released. This is not easy. As the archer would do little good with dull arrows, he'd do no good without drawing his bow back as far as he can and aiming properly, he would never hit a target if he failed to release his arrow. And children, they need two things from us. Maybe you've heard it put this way before. Roots and wings. That is, the roots, the training, the teaching, the development. And all of this starts, really it starts at day one with that child. And it continues. And then they mature. But there's a point when, seriously, somebody says, we're always parents. But our job as parents there's a point at which it's more in the past than in the present. 
And that child has more of an independence. And it's not a sudden breaking away, but somewhat gradual. That's a hard time. It's a hard time for that child when he's that 16, 18, 20, 21, where moms and dads begin to let go and then finally let go. It's a hard time for them. It's a hard time for the parent. I'm telling you right now, it's difficult to know how much and when, as a parent, to let go. It's hard. But it's still got to be done. At some point, most of our parenting is behind us. Now, there's a season which, as long as we have breath within our body and blood flowing within our veins, we're still the parent. We can still speak up. And maybe we ought to. But it's not the same as when they're three-year-old. It's when they're six-years-old. It's when they're ten-years-old. That's when they're 15 years old. My dad was still a parent when he was in his early 90s. And his children were in their 50s and 60s. But it's different then, isn't it? Yes, they need from us two things. Roots and wings. You know in that story of the prodigal son, the father did allow his son to leave and although you may sharpen the arrows and you aim in the right direction, our children will not be perfect. What we do pray for is that when they make those mistakes, when sin would overtake them, they know their way back. And they find their way back. And in that story of the prodigal son, how precious indeed when you get to the end of the story and there the father sees the son coming and he runs to him. And oh, the party that ensues. And that child came home. But you know, even with that story of the prodigal son, the father let his son go. There's a point at which, yes, as it were, we let the arrow fly. This kind of a concluding poem. It says, When I was just a little boy, no more than just a lad, I met a lot of special men, but none quite like my dad. Though other men would often hear the things I have to say, none could listen with their heart in dad's very special way. I'd love to think of all the things he used to think and do and how I felt down in my heart. I want to be like you. If I could be just half the man my father was to me, what a great example I would be for all the world to see. The world would see a man who tried to never fail the test, who never faulted in his quest to always do his best. They'd see a man who loved his God Though times both through times both good and bad, what a man I'd be if I could live my life just like my dad. Dads, let's be the kind of dad that our children can say this about us. 
and pray they then would be that kind of dad. But their children could say that about them. And on and on we go, generationally. I was so blessed. If someone said, what is your greatest blessing of this life? You know, there's been a lot of great ones. My wife, my children. But one of the greatest blessings, really, my mom and my dad. If they had not been the kind of mom and dad that they were, would I even have my good wife? Would I even have my children, the relationship that I have with them of these earthly blessings? Oh, what a great blessing. The right mom and dad is. You be that kind of mom and dad. Archers and arrows. Dad, you're the archer. Send out that arrow aimed at the right target.